Welcome to the D2C podcast, brought to you by M3 Digital. Welcome to episode six of the D2C e-commerce podcast. We have a special Black Friday, Cyber Monday episode that mm. we're going to get stuck into today. Mm. As usual, I'm joined by Jack. Hey, mate. There's there's so much to go through today. It's, um, it's going to be a good one. It is. Mm. It is. We got pretty much... Um, an end-to-end process of how we would kind of go about planning a Black Friday sale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Let's get stuck in. So the, f- the first topic we've got is talking about how to set goals. Mm-hmm. So set sales goals um, for for the whole of November, for sp- the specific sale itself. What what are your kind of thoughts on, on, on what we do to approach that? Yeah, sure. So I think there's there's... It's a very situ- situational thing, so it depends on your brand, obviously. Um, but the clear and equal thing is, um, obviously, most brands will really want their biggest month of the year at this point, and to be honest, it's the time to do that. So set- when setting your goals, we will firstly be looking at what the client wants to spend. So yeah. um, a lot of our clients have a sort of open-ended spend or budget that they, that they allocate to, a, to an, um, a month, and some other clients have a, a monthly budget. Um, on that open-ended side, um, it's usually a KPI such as MER that would be sort of front of mind. So as long as we're maintaining, say, their benchmark MER is a five, making sure that we're benchmarking to that when we're scaling in the account into Black Friday. Obviously, with a bit of leniency either side of that once we scale. But totally. um, yeah, usually usually that's where we're pushing our clients. I think, hey, like, let's, let's set your MER benchmark for Black Friday solely, you know, based off of what they've done in previous sales periods maybe. Um, and try and stick to that and, and get aggressive. Yeah, that's the most important thing, right? That's probably the, the, the biggest KPI that you want to set for the month. Mm-hmm. And then it allows for some flexibility uh, on, on either side of that. So yeah. like you said, set your KPI, MER KPI at five, mm-hmm. um, providing you're hitting that, have the leniency to scale and be willing to flow when things are really, really working well so you can look to capitalize, right? Yeah. So that kind of comes back to what are you willing to spend? Well, that could easily be a frame. That could easily be between 100 and 200K. So you could get a bit of a window Mm -hmm. to work Mm with. Mm -hmm. Or you could literally say, no, let's just spend what we can within our MER KPI at the different levels of scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we've got spreadsheets that, that, you know, can help our brands work that out too. Yeah, yeah. Something that we work closely on um, with, our cli- with all our clients, yeah, even outside of sales periods. Yeah. And I guess, um, yeah, that, that brings us nicely onto that second topic that we've got here is sort of how long you run the sale for and how long, or sort of when you start that in the month. So it would be at the beginning of the month and you run for the entire month of November where you just run for the weekend. Yeah. Um, so once you really have that goal in place and if that goal is we want to hit a million dollars and you're only doing say 250 in a month, then we would say, let's, let's run it. Let's try and run it for the whole month and, and really capitalize on the whole sales month. Yeah. Um, but yeah. If, it's, if it's really a case of um, uh, you're just wanting to hit say, maybe double your revenue or something like that, like, these things change, but you can run and have that higher intent period maybe over the weekend. So it's a very situational thing there. Yeah, totally. I think there's there's multiple ways to look at it and mm. think this year will be really, really interesting in seeing what most brands do. Mm. But super aggressive e-com brands, I think this year will look to run 
potentially the whole month or yeah. at least two weeks. And last year we saw most brands ran two weeks. Yeah. Um, I think we will see a lot of brands get much more creative this year in the discounts and the offers and the way that they structure their campaigns. And we've talked about tiered discounts and looking to increase your discount over the four weeks of the month. So say starting on 10, then 15, then 20, then 25 for the last week in the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all are valid. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 get stuck into to the offer. So mm-hmm. finalizing your offer. So that would come after you've set your KPIs, you're looking at your revenue target, you're looking at your sales length, then you'd look at, okay, cool, what offer are we gonna intertwine into that? And that can kind of um, be looked at hand in hand. So what what would your thoughts be on on running an offer this year? And what do you think we're gonna run for our clients? Yeah, sure. So I think that there's a couple of things um, um, that we, we particularly talk about. Firstly, that perceived value. So um, when I say perceived value, it's maybe saying an up to price, uh, sorry, up to discount. So, you know, be it an up to 50% discount. So, um, so for example, we might have one product in that range is at 50% and then other products are lower, a lower discount, but there's perceived value that the store is at 50% off. Um, and it also really nicely plays into your profitability. So if there's certain products where you don't have the margin to say do a 50% discount, you can at least have them in the sale behind this perceived value yeah. that you know pushes that intent. Um, and then the second side of that is really keeping it simple. Um, yeah. Don't confuse your consumers. Just you make it straightforward as possible. If it's if it's um, that if you could get it so it's slashed out prices or an automatic discount, even better. Um, but yeah, keep it simple. Don't have five or six different offers running with different benchmarks to to receive those offers. You know, that keep it as simple as possible, basically. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think that's super important. Um, don't overcomplicate it. Mm. Don't confuse your customer. Mm. Um, don't add any unnecessary barriers in the process. Mm. Um, yeah, keep keep it simple. Keep keep it simple. You can be strategic in the way that you maybe run tier discounts or buy one get one offer, but just make sure that you've got the right site infrastructure in place to make that work well. Yeah, I think I think the essence of this and all of these convers- like all of these topics that we're going to run through is you know, if you're going to run it for a lengthy period of time, it's making sure that we keep momentum. Like be that through content, be that through an offer, be that through what you're doing on your site, socials, what and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So like if you're going to run it for the whole month, making sure that there are incentives in there over a weekend maybe you do some express shipping or maybe you increase the, the the discount halfway through the month to push people a bit further if they've already purchased once it might come back again if it's like a um, high turnover product yeah, yeah yeah totally let's get stuck into the process okay. so the first thing we've got here in this uh, in this list is is run lead gen yeah. build a hype list build some energy around your sale um now that's something that we've been running for a lot of our brands and we see it time and time again if you can get yourself into the mindset where you need to invest, where you're not going to see an instant return from acquiring emails to build your launch list, mm-hmm. if you can get into that mindset and you're willing to do that, you will see the fruits as you launch launch your sale. Yeah, for sure. So what what are some strategies we're using for our clients to, to build those hub lists? Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, like you say, we've been running these sort of strategies outside of sales, you know, also with product launches and stuff. And I think we, we may have even mentioned it on some of the previous podcasts. Yeah. Um, but with this particular sale, I think there's two or three different things that you can do to start building that hype. Um, one of those could be a, a, a something free, basically giving away a, a free, uh, be it sort of like a recipe guide for a, a food-related diet-related product. Um, yeah. That could be something you could do or something that really does 
um, give value to your particular niche and your customer totally. um, to get them to sign up. Um, and also maybe an early access could be something that you could push as well. So early access, sign up to the list here, get people onto the list, get them hyped, and then you'll, you're going to send them an early EDM maybe 24 hours out from the sale or something like that is also a pretty good strategy to run with. Um, in terms of how that structure looks, we're, we're really seeing on Facebook leads be the main sort of, um, I guess, ammunition behind that. You know, they're cheap, they're easy, they're usually pre-filled for, for people to go through and leave their details. So um, that's sort of the sole strategy we're using really for lead gen. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a killer system mm. for lead gen. You get that hooked into your Clavio and you have those leads that are filled via Facebook drop straight into your launch list. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we have seen some extremely low CPLs and that would be something we'd lead into. Do not overcomplicate your lead gen if possible, do not send them to a lander where they have to, ha- where they have to op- opt in. You'll mm. see a huge you'll see a huge dropout mm. compared to having something extremely simple and simply going for volume. Yeah. That allows you to get in front of more faces. Yeah, make it easy as possible. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, super important. You you know if you're not doing that already, you should definitely do that before your sale and make sure you've got a good strategy there, so you're building a sizable list for launch. Yeah. Cool. Um, next up, we've got um, preparation of your store. Um, so we talked about this a little bit before, making sure your offer is super easy to claim with no barriers. And I think that's really, really, really important. Yep. What other thoughts do you have on, on, on ways that um, brands can do that? Um, I think from like a store perspective, it's making sure that it's very, very clear. Um, firstly, that you're on on sale, that the, the sale is active. So, you know, homepage banners, yeah. making sure that it's um, in the call-up bars and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of like sort of the infrastructure on the site, making sure that um, if it's not an automatic discount, then there's clear instructions about behind how, how a customer, you know, actually accesses that discount. Totally. Um, and I think as, you know, you're going to touch on also with some of the the scheduling of the site, making sure that everything's prepped beforehand. So that there's yeah. no rushing around, testing, you know, all that testing's done in October, hopefully. If you're running for the entire month of November, you know that the, the discounts work, you know that this is all going to be in place and ready to go for that for that launch day. Because yeah. the last thing you want is customers dropping on the site and not being able to access the discount. And then you've wasted ad spend, you've also probably left money on the table. Yeah, totally. And and there's heaps, heaps of apps out there on Shopify, if you're on Shopify, that allow you to do that you've got um launchpad if you're on plus you've got theme scheduler if you're not on plus both those apps allow you to prep your entire theme on a duplicate and then have that scheduled to go live via one of those apps yeah nice yeah and then i think alongside your website obviously the for our from our perspective the one big thing is prepping your ad account funnel making sure that that structure's in place. So we've got a few things that we put together for this, but um, I think, again, it's being prepared and making sure that you've put that strategy together up front. You, you have a good idea of, firstly, looking at your historic data, you have a good idea of what audiences you're going to run first. And um, I think one thing that we've seen success with, particularly last year during Black Friday, was running phased rollouts. Yeah. So what I mean by that is we'd start with one set structure so be it sort of like five different top of funnel audiences some larger window middle of funnel audiences running different content of course Um, and then we'd also have say your second top five performing top of funnel audiences ready to go in the background so get them drafted up get them drafted up maybe with some slightly different copy and content Um, and then when things start to work 
obviously there's going to be some things that don't work that you're going to switch off. You'll have stuff to come in and replace that to make sure that one, there's no drop off as you head in to the second week or third week of November, yeah. um, but also it helps with scale. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Build heavy is, is the, the ethos there. So like you mentioned, have multiple phases of ad sets and yep. creative that, that, that you have prepped and ready to go. And then the other thing is is making sure you're in a position where you're, you've, got, you've got the resource to iterate. So when things work and certain types of content work, you have the ability internally to quickly iterate and build more ads that are similar to the ads that work because obviously we don't know exactly what's going to work. Mm. When we hit the ground running, we get a very good indication pretty quickly on what's going to resonate for that brand. And then that's when you need to be nimble and to be able to build out assets on demand. Yeah, for Keep sure. expanding on that. For sure. And that brings us kind of nicely onto that topic around what content we think works um, and what copy we think works. Like some of the stuff that um, you could definitely use if you're an established brand, for example, there's a different approach to if you're maybe a smaller brand. So um, when working with more established brands in the past, we've seen simple content work really well. So it's tiles, tiled gifts of the discount. So be it just a simple static with the discount, They've generally worked really well for established brands, even on top of funnel. Um, And this kind of plays nicely also into that sort of iterating, making sure that that template is easy to go out and like replicate. Um, And then on on the other side of that, when looking at smaller brands, um, it's really important you dig into sort of your evergreen content. So have a look at the stuff that you've been running that's been working and then combining that with a sales approach, be it um, a hook over the top that's related to the sale or something in the copy, you know, really using what you have. I think that's like the essence of this, right? Like using what you know works, audiences, content, copy, you, you know that that works and running that alongside an offer just boosts the whole entire process. Yeah, totally. And I think that second option is a much better option for smaller brands. Yep. If you run um, gifts with sale copy and that are sales focused with no context to what the product is, you will definitely struggle to break through. So like you mentioned, if you're a smaller brand, run your best performing ads with overlaid um, copy on top of the video and also really utilize your sales copy or your your sales strategy in the copy and then utilize your actual great creative to try and cut through. Yeah, 100%. Um, and yeah, one other thing on that also that sort of ties back in also to the sort of account structure we talked about and having the depth, it's making sure that we also have two to three or four different rounds of content yeah. ready to go in the back end, making sure that there's just there, you're not having to, oh, that's stopped working. Now we have to build, 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 making sure it's there. We can just roll it in when something stops working or when something doesn't work at all. For example, you've got something else in the background to go. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cool, and let's touch on a couple of um, couple of middle of funnel structures that we would look to run for, for the sale. Yep. So really big one, ensure you run wide window middle of funnel audiences to capture all existing and future customers. So we're talking 365 day windows um, and all time customer lists. Yep. I think that's really, really important to capturing a large, um, I guess, warm customer base that you can highly likely look to convert relatively easily yeah yeah and if you've got a big customer base then there's likely a little bit of scale in there as well um so yeah it's basically utilizing as much of your own data as you can in the middle of the funnel um so yeah just using absolute maximum width windows 
Um, and then alongside that, um, another strategy that we'll, we'll look to roll with um, clients of ours as well is really getting clever with the viewed video audiences. So like, firstly, again, with sort of the wide window audiences, making sure that we're hitting sort of your biggest and t- um, most viewed content with those sales ads, but also getting clever with retargeting the sales ads with viewed video um, audiences to then get that second touch point in because you know, we'd love to think that one touch point on a sales ad is going to convert a customer. Not always the case, depending on the brand. So making sure you get clever with that second touch point, still using those base, um, sorry, those best practices such as like reviews and stuff like that with your viewed audience, uh, sorry, with your viewed video audience in your sales funnel to then push people through a second or third touch point. Don't forget about those basics when running totally. a sales campaign, basically. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's yeah. a really, really good point. Yeah. Um, cool. Now we've got a few things to keep in mind over the sales period. So the first thing we've got is um, the CPM, the cost per 1000 impressions impact around cluttered timing while there's high auction competition. Mm. So definitely something we've seen in previous years where primarily over the Black Friday side Monday weekend, we'll see CPM skyrocket. Yep. So hence why last year we saw a lot of brands go, a lot of brands go early. Mm-hmm. Um, some brands very very early to try and uh, beat the clutter with with maybe slightly lower auction competition in terms of what brands are spending yeah. um, and that kind of leads into the critical importance of your CTR as your CPMs increase so the advantage of starting your sale and, and starting your sale early is that you build a little bit of data on what's resonating with your audience you build some data on the best ads with the best ctr that mm-hmm. allows you to go into your black friday cyber monday weekend with your best performing ads to make sure you're going to cut through as good as possible of course yeah um i think it's, it's definitely not a new thing to go early i think that that it'd be really really interesting to see this year if we know cpms are going to be absurd over the black friday cyber monday weekend they, they always are I'd be really interested to see sort of those two weeks prior whether those CPMs also go up and whether there's sort of like much mm-hmm. difference there. That would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, there's, there's a little bit of like a scare factor to those CPMs. So people are scared by how expensive advertising is going to be at that point. But I think one thing the brand should always remember is there's a reason they're so expensive. It's because customers are ready to buy and they're as ready to buy as ever. Um, yeah. you know, it's, there's the most intent in our industry is over that weekend. Totally. So even though they're expensive, there's, there's still huge rewards to be had. Yeah, don't let CPM yeah. dictate any decisions mm. that you make mm. through your Black Friday sales strategy. Just yeah. use it as an indicator. Still rely on your ROAS. Yeah. Still use your MER KPI, right? Don't be intimidated by a high CPM. No. It's really not important if you're cutting through the noise, right? Exactly. Um, and I think the, the other thing we've got is, is looking to, to get out of learning. Now, a lot of brands through this period will get out of learning that typically don't get out of learning. Mm. So what's really, really important is potentially accelerating your spend and looking to get certain ad sets out of learning as quick as possible. Now, another option, if you're not spending quite as much, would be to lower your um, intent objective and use something like Add to Cart where you're going to get out of that um, uh, 50 conversions window. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be a key play in, in the sales period is making sure that you get out of those learning phases. And like you say, this is probably the one opportunity for some brands that don't usually get out of that window to get out of that window um, yeah. and, and really gathering some great momentum. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's definitely super critical if you're looking to scale hard. Get out of the learning phase. Your CPA will stabilize. It mm-hmm. certainly will stabilize. Yeah. Um, so that's also uh, super critical. Awesome. That wraps us up, mate. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good luck, everyone. I think um, I think there's some some great rewards to be had, and we yeah we hope that this helps you uh, you know get get what you're after. I guess in terms of your Black Friday sales. Let's get it.